Good evening and welcome to your call. Joining me tonight, a very special guest, Arun Jaitley, leader of the opposition in the Rajya Sabha. Mr. Jaitley, thanks for coming in. In a week where being a politician is a tough job because whether it's Mr. Nitin Gadkari, whether it's now Mr. Sharad Pawar, whether it's uh, the Congress president's son-in-law, political parties have been charged with looting the country in different ways. Well, I think one can make all kinds of allegations. But ultimately, Indian democracy and the people have a sense of fairness. So to distinguish between chalk and cheese is not a very impossible task. People may try and muddy the water. But at the end of the day, people have to make a choice. And therefore, I have nothing against people who make allegations and perceive themselves as crusaders. But at the same time, when they say something, they must carefully go through every allegation that they make. If they trip, then the credibility of crusaders comes into question. Now, some of the charges I have seen do make a lot of sense and there is substance in them. Some of them, I think they are grossly exaggerating and overstating their case. Though this is not entirely a legal aspect because uh, the issues that are being raised are of propriety, of conflict of interest, of the issue of how a, a politician is benefiting in a way a uh, an arm army or a mango man can't. For instance, if you see the charges against Mr. Nitin Gadkari, the argument is that why was his file cleared within four days? Why did he get sanctions and uh, much more than, say, a farmer would get? Well, I don't think there was any competing interest asking for those sanctions. Now, one has to look at, rather than uh, going to bald allegations, I'm a little familiar with the Land Acquisition Act. After possession has been taken under the old act, it may be unfair, but that's the act. You lose your right to even get possession back. Then it can't be released from acquisition. And in this case, you are talking of a situation 22 years after acquisition, 22 years after you had received compensation. I don't, I'm not aware of any provision of any law where you can get your land back. Now, a wasteland is lying. You apply to the government. I am still not sure whether it's four days because one has to check up the government records. And this is given to a trust on a lease for 11 years to grow sugarcane saplings so that in those dry, drought-prone areas of uh, uh, Vidarbha, the farmers could be trained to grow sugarcane. And this is sugarcane which is brought from uh, uh, Western Maharashtra. Now, to perceive this as some kind of a huge scam, uh, I think is a bit overstating the case. Well. This is a scam or a story we are doing which you may not have details on yet but the story we are doing points to the fact that the Purti group and Mr. Nitin Gadkari's group it raises questions of certain contracts given when he was PWD minister and the fact that the same company has then bought shares in his Purti group well, in the sense of business I, not, of, in no. the sense of his business interest because Mr. Kejival made the point is Mr. Gadkari a businessman first or a politician first? I anticipated this problem in my own case so the day I became the leader of opposition I not only stopped practice I surrendered my license lest I be accused of uh, uh, identifying myself for or against a particular litigant in court. I took a safer option. But then I have a contrarian argument. How do Indian politicians sustain themselves? Must they detach themselves from their professions, from their jobs, from their businesses completely and then depend on politics for livelihood? Many people may have learned the art of living well without earning. There are still some who haven't. And therefore, I have all my sympathy for politicians who on the side do some uh, remunerative work in order to sustain their families. There is nothing wrong in it. People all over the world do it. And in India, politicians officially are not paid much. 
that uh, uh, they can afford to sustain uh, every situation. But then you are right, once you do that, you run the risk of being before the firing squad. Issues of conflict of interest, throw up a suspicion. Now the question that you were raising, I don't know the facts of that, but I, let me just give you a possible answer. If contracts are legitimately given, and these are honestly implemented, well something happened 10 years later, therefore there is a shadow of suspicion. Now that may be too far-fetched uh, a charge. Therefore, somebody has to really look into this in order to say whether there is any unfairness or not. You mentioned uh, how you gave up your legal practice when you became leader of opposition. Would you tell Mr. Gadkari that perhaps he should reconsider his business interests given that he is now heading for a second term so as why BGP should I president? Tell him that? Why should I tell him that? In fact, there are a lot of people who have business. Can I, can I answer this question by putting a... Maybe I can do it yes. by a question. Let's forget Mr. Gadkari or others. How does an Indian politician sustain himself? Are we only going to pick up people from the queue outside the employment exchange and say, please join politics? We only need unemployed people in politics. Or are we going to see people who have distinguished themselves in various fields? In fact, one of the bane of Indian politics is that achievers in different fields are not coming. And therefore, if achievers come in, you had, today you have Mr. Parasaran as a member of the Rajya Sabha. Mm -hmm. You had Fali Nariman as a member of the Rajya Sabha. You have other distinguished people who come who are nominated. At times, parties also elect. I remember about 4-5 years ago in the Rajya Sabha, there was a debate on the budget. And I can tell you, this is one of the greatest debates I ever heard. From Arjun Sen Gupta in the Congress, to N.K. Singh, then you had Professor Swaminathan speaking, then you have the present chairman of the Prime Minister's Economic Advisory Council, he was a member. So you had at least half a dozen economists that each one distinguished better than the other. And therefore, these are all people who may be uh, gainfully working uh, uh, somewhere, but they come to the house and they contribute. Why should we have a situation that you must only have full-timers without a known source of livelihood who are getting into politics? So if somebody honestly wants to earn on a living uh, uh, independently of his politics, I don't think there is a case for debarring it. But those are different kind of achievers because this whole issue of businessmen and politics came up with the recent uh, Jharkhand Rajya Sabha ticket as well. And there have been many concerns expressed well, about there, Rajya there, Sabha there, on, on that issue, I would be inclined to agree with what you are uh, obliquely suggesting. I have seen the, the, the tendency of, originally I didn't mind because industrialist also is a class. They represent a viewpoint if they enter parliament. But my experience of the last few years has been that they have used their offices and presence in parliament to actively really promote their business interest. And therefore, I am quite willing to go with this, that those who are industrialists of repute, not attached to a political party, use the muscle or the money and get into parliament. And then you find uh, their primary interest is business and not politics. Now, there I think parties need to take a relook. You can't constitutionally bar them. But parties need uh, a relook at that. Interesting when your president is a businessman, politician, well, or politician, wrong. businessman. He's, not, he's hardly an industrialist. Uh, uh, so it's a 300 crore group. It's, you see, it's very easy to say it's a 300 crore group. Because I heard uh, uh, Mr. Kejriwal and others yesterday saying that uh, he has uh, sugar interest and he has fertilizer interest and he has molasses interest and so on. Well, all these are one. If you have, if you have a sugar mill in which you may have a minority holding, the beggars, uh, you make power out of that. You make sugar out of that, you get fertilizer out of that, you get molasses out of that. 
So each one is not a separate and unit. And alcohol to the UB group. From the, from, 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 from the molasses itself. Yes. Therefore, these are all byproducts of the sugar industry. And you will probably realize that every sugar mill has these essential ingredients. Therefore, to say each one is a separate industry and it becomes a multi-industry group. Well, it's a sugar mill which which benefits two and a half lakh farmers of that region because in the cane growing area they all sell their yes. cane to this mill, and I therefore I, I don't think it will be fair to Christian him as a or to call him an industrialist. Yes, he is in business. Let me just actually play one <coughs> fight of Arvind Kejriwal, which I think many people reacted to, and that's about really a cozy club of politics. Let's just hear what he said. ऐसे नजर आता ये सारा का सारा एक ही परिवार है. सुषमा स्वराज अरुण जेटली नितिन गडकरी सलमान खुर्शीद कपिल सिब्बल रॉबर्ट वाजरा सोनिया गांधी शरद पवार मायावती ये सब एक ही परिवार है ये हम लोग बेवकूफ हैं जो हमें बेवकूफ बनाते हैं We've heard of the Sangh Parivar, but now it's a political Parivar. And I think Arvind Kejriwal again distinguishes us versus them, and you are part so of that. I think I think it's a part of his political strategy, and therefore a part of his political strategy, therefore to say something which is sensational. And create a space for yourself is is very easy. Now, uh, I find myself amusingly clubbed with people with whom I've been diametrically on the opposite side for the last four decades. F for instance, yes, I am now linked with people whom I have fought. I went to jail during the emergency. I was a part. I was the national convener of JP's youth movement. So from those days, we have been fighting corruption. A number of the people is named. I have got up and. Attacked them, or at least on their policies, if not on their persons. I have raised more issues of uh, uh, poverty in Parliament than most people have, and therefore, to very conveniently say you are a part of the club with all these people, uh, it's a very convenient uh, uh, strategy for him today. But I think he is woefully off the mark. I think one issue that has been raised uh, specifically is, of course, the BJP stand on Robert Vadra. On the one hand, you all have enthusiastically supported Mr. Kejriwal's allegations, but many ask. Why, when a notice was actually brought in Parliament in the Rajya Sabha by you and uh, by Nishikant Dubey in the Lok Sabha, why didn't the BGP pursue it then if there was merit in these allegations? Well, I have always examined these documents, and I have believed that there is a lot of answers which at least the company concerned, as also the gentleman who is a beneficiary, have to give. And from my point of view, I wrote an article recently, and I put what I thought the issue was that when a minuscule uh, investment. Results in a windfall gain, and this comes to a person who is politically connected. He may not be a participant himself, but is politically connected. Then questions will be asked, eyebrows will be raised, and answers have to be given. In fact, when it happened to Hillary Clinton in 1994, when her husband was in the White House, she had to answer for a transaction. Uh, I think they called it the Little Rock of mm -hmm. 1978, thousand yes. dollar investment. She made a ten thousand percent profit, and the American media, which asked the questions, actually said, "You don't buy ice skates on day one and enter the Olympics the next day. Investments don't multiply like this." In this case, it seems to have happened, and that's the comment I made. And therefore, answers must come. Our attack is not on an individual or on a company. Our attack is this issue has to be answered. I've commented on it. This issue has come up before our party. And I must admit candidly that there were two views: whether it should at that stage have been raised or not. I personally have always been in favour of inviting an answer to this, and I'm afraid I still don't have an answer to it. 
the issue really about credibility of institutions. We, uh, Arvind Kejriwal, YP Singh, everybody asked for an independent probe that whether it's uh, the case of uh, Robert Fatra, whether it's the case of Nitin Kadkari, whether it's the case of Sharad Pawar now, Salman Khurshid, there must be an independent probe. Do you think we have to, that that we should accept that look we don't trust institutions within the state governments of whichever state it may be I or the current institutions is that no, a fact think, or is that I worrying think, to you? I think, I think uh, that's something which I am worried about and particularly there was a time when we all trusted the CBI. Amongst the investigative agencies if you had a doubt on a state investigative agencies you look to the CBI. I've been a very close student of the way CBI has been behaving in the last few years. It had a huge experience, it had professionalism, but I think the political control of the CBI has now become a stranglehold and therefore the CBI is no longer trusted. So the tendency of people to now say don't go to the CBI. I for instance wrote an article recently on the VBS files which mm -hmm. your channel carried. One of the entry on those uh, account books is expenses on CBI and enforcement directorate. Now surely CBI can't investigate that case. And MPCM's office. No, no, whoever is it. Yes. Therefore, if there is, let's forget the others they can investigate. Yes. But when the entry is expenses on CBI and uh, uh, enforcement directorate, that's when you need an SIT. And therefore, I think, I, I can't give you the details, but I can tell you, I'm a part of the Lokpal Select Committee. We are actively looking into some of these issues. But for instance, so would you say that you wouldn't trust the UP government to probe into the allegations against Salman Khushid's trust? Well, according to me, anybody of credibility can. Whether it's the UP, if the UP government has some officer of very high credibility, he can. If they have a retired judge of high credibility, he can. If they have any other institution, he can. To see whether Mr. Khurshid himself is personally culpable or somebody lower down has made a mistake. But I think Mr. Khurshid, to be fair to him, I have always regarded him as a man of great civility. Uh, uh, and it's a pleasure to deal with him. Integrity? But... I, but well, let's not get into, uh, I, I won't get into personalized comment, but in this case, I surely think he could have handled it much better. He should have been the original Salman Khurshid that we know, rather than become so emotional and uh, so aggressive. I think he's hurt his own cause. Well, I know someone who doesn't take that advice, uh, Digvijay Singh, and an, another comment he made this week, I just want to play that really about uh, families and ethics. Let's just hear that. Every person has got a private life. One who's not in politics. Now, for example, Mr. Ranjan Bhattacharya, he has, he's not, who's not in politics, but he was living with Mr. Atal Bihari Bajpayee. Have we ever said a word against, has the Congress party ever said a word against Ranjan Bhattacharya? We, Mr. Advani's son or Mr. Advani's daughter, they have a private life of their own. It's, it's not a rule, it is ethics. That, that, that you know, we don't bring issues which are relevant to a private person. Is it this kind of ethics which there is outrage against? Well, I don't uh, accept what Mr. Dikwijay Singh is saying. Private lives of people, families, their family lives, their family relationships, I think we've always followed in a discipline in India we don't get into. But then if there is an issue of probity, Merely because, let's say tomorrow, if I were to turn dishonest and start making money, not in my name, but in my wife's name or in my children's name, can I then invoke the rule of silence and say, well, ethics demand, if I make money, please make a noise, but I've done it in somebody else's name, so don't make an uh, issue out of it. I think he's carrying the argument a bit too far.
Do you think some said it's a veiled threat that now we are also going to go after BJP leaders' families? Well, I think if they can go after it, they would have gone after it. But the fact of the matter is, all this is still not an answer to the question which I raised. If you made a windfall gain, please explain that this was a normal transaction. If you do, the issue will be set, set to sleep. Mm -hmm. But if you can't, then questions will be asked. And politicians must understand that answers have to be given and if no answers are given then the country can presume that no answers could have been given guilty until proven innocent that's no i'm not saying in india i am not saying i would still not hold anybody guilty but if you are unable to answer a serious charge that means there is no answer let's just go across uh, we've had the politician let's go go across some young students from my old college uh, shiram college of commerce who got some questions for you let's hear that my question is uh, Mr. Arvind Kejriwal, he has alleged Mr. Nitin Gadkari to be in scam with like his, he has been allotted land in Maharashtra. Is he really into it? What are your opinions about it, please? I just wanted to ask you that till the time Mr. Kejriwal was attacking Congress, BJP was all supporting Mr. Kejriwal's comments. But yesterday, when Mr. Kejriwal opened up a can of worms against Mr. Gadkari, BJP simply said the allegations are false. Isn't it double standards on part of the BJP? Even the farmer is saying that FDI will help them. So why are you opposing it? Well, I think, let me deal with this issue of Mr. Kejriwal's comments and what he said on Mr. Gadkari. Also about the equivalence that, in a sense, undercutting the BJP's anti-corruption campaign. You see, I'll tell you, I'd like people to be objective. If anybody in the BJP is guilty of a misdemeanor or a corruption, then please hang them. But you can't make wild allegations. Now that lady who came and who started this campaign against Mr. Gadkari, I was carefully following what she said. Mr. Gadkari is not involved in irrigation scam. But because he didn't take up the issue and Prakash Javadekar and Kirit Somaya of the BJP took up the issue against Ajit Pawar and others. So Mr. Gadkari is guilty of being in collusion with Mr. Pawar. No, she claims that no, she no. met him and he told According her. According to me, Mr. Kejriwal and the lady would have been much better off carrying on a campaign against the irrigation scam. Rather than campaign, she says, well, other BJP leaders are campaigning, but Gadkari told me the others are doing it, I, I will, my party people are doing it, I don't get into Maharashtra issues. No, she now, claims she met him and he told her that I do business me, with Ajit Pawar and I no, want to intervene. But obviously, I, I do attribute a little bit of common sense to Mr. Gadkari that he's not going to tell a lady he's meeting for the first time that I'm a business partner and therefore I won't do it. Obviously, that's factually wrong, so he couldn't have said it. But that apart, please look at the substance of the allegation. Every allotment of land is not a scam. You may have legitimate allotments of lands also. Therefore, if you have a sugar factory or a cooperative sugar factory, you have a cane area and you empower two and a half lakh farmers in that area, which is otherwise a suicide zone for farmers. And the state government says, as a laboratory for creating a, a, a sugar cane, in this area, we give you some land for the purposes of 11 years so that you can actually start plantations in this area. No, but Ajit Pawar overruled, uh, overruled a secretary who was against That's this. That's right. In a meeting of 10 people, there could be one dissenter, but that one dissent doesn't make everything a scam itself. I think we are, we are overstating the case. Isn't it interesting that in Punjab, farmers groups and Himachal apple growers have actually said that we want our states to allow FDI into multi-brand retail. Why don't you give well, states I, the choice? I, 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 I don't know whether they have said so or is this uh, uh, really a uh, propaganda you know the, you can give the, the government has chosen to give the states a choice so I have one, BGP states. I have one fear 
investment treaties particular relating to foreign investment are a central subject they are not a state subject this is going to open at some stage a floodgate of litigation and our investment treaties require that we give national treatment when we allow investment i am not so sure whether this part of the covenant this covenant of the fdi policy how will uh, uh, both uh, at the international commercial disputes tribunals as also our own domestic courts how they are going to react to this therefore this question of only states are at free to do it is yet to be tested is the bjp being obstructionist here for the sake of it the ravi shankar prasad statement recently when he said if the nda comes to power we will reverse this policy well, how can india think, move think, forward think, when governments change policies like this i think like this, this 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 will have to be reasonably seen at some stage i don't think we are being obstructionist but at the same time my party when we were in government uh, there are very large number of reformist steps which we took but every change is not a reform in indian economy in agriculture in retail and several other areas 51% of the people are self employed 40 million people in retail itself international structured retail i have said so in writing i have said so in several speeches is first going to adversely affect your manufacturing sector because people source products internationally then they'll buy it from the sources which are the cheapest your retail sector you'll have job displacement mm mm-hmm. it's highly doubtful and the argument is the farmer will benefit let's just look sir now at the politics <coughs> we've got the winter session coming up mr gadkari has said he'll support a no confidence motion by mamta banerjee if she brings it the l- argument being that the bjp seems to have ceded the political opposition space to the trinamool and as so called allies like the samajwadi party and the other opposition space to arvind kejriwal where is the bjp in between a rock and a hard place well uh, i think when the elections are held you'll realize where the bjp is because at the end of the day till one month ago mamta banerji was a part of the government mulayam singh yadav and mayawati we still don't know whether they are with the congress or they are against it surely we can't be accused of uh, having surrendered the opposition space to them but the bjp hasn't said it will move a no confidence motion no no we'll see we are the principal opposition party we'll see what our parliamentary strategy at that time is whether what is the appropriate time and the space for doing it after we are the ones who have the numbers in parliament we are the ones who occupy the positions of the leader of opposition in both houses of parliament and therefore we have a key role in the parliamentary strategy itself but your president has already said that you will support mamta banerjee's no, no, no confidence motion no no he said so therefore if it comes up we'll consider it but closer to the parliament session we'll see after all there is flow coordination with various opposition groups after deciding that and there is no presumption that only one party moves on motion of no confidence are you now the B- is the bjp arvind kejriwal's team b have they hijacked the anti corruption campaign which the bjp had said they were at the spearhead of well i think the, this question is not uh, uh, to be taken very seriously you see if uh, we we are a structured political party we are a restrained political party and therefore we take up all the issues of corruption we are in the field across the country now we don't come out and sensationalize we are not a wild card in politics that we can uh, we can speak a certain kind of language and start abusing people and probably your channel will give us more space and then we can become uh, come under the impression that we are the ones who occupy the whole space and fall in love with our own images on television we are not into that game at all we are the alternative party of governance and we will raise issues of corruption but we will do it in in, in the manner in which indian democracy allows it to be raised as entrenched sir 
many say it's a bad time to be a politician in India. It's seen as amongst the worst professions. There is a level of disgust, at least amongst the urban middle class, which is seen as a BGP traditional constituency with politics and politicians as usual. How do you react to that? Well, I can honestly answer. At times you oscillate in your own mind between idealism and frustration. But at, at, at the end of the day, it's the first feeling that takes over. Provided you keep a few ground rules in mind, these are difficult times. Mechanisms are now becoming very tough on politicians. Institutions will become tough. There's a lot of public gaze. We have more accountability than any other institution in this country. Therefore, we must absorb the message. And under these circumstances, the message would be, when you conduct yourself, whenever you are in doubt, please go straight. <laughs> If you falter, you are likely to get into trouble. Don't go right. Don't go left. <laughs> As we leave, sir, of course, uh, Lok Sabha elections coming up. Who knows when? Will we see Mr. Jaitley fight his first Lok Sabha election? Hopefully, my party asks me. I will certainly contest. Any particular places you would like no, to contest no, from? for the party to decide. These are all decisions the parties take. I have no difficulty in contesting. And Gujarat elections coming up. Do you think it is fair to continue to limit Narendra Modi to a state? Do you think he now has much more, now well, it's now time for him to move beyond Gujarat well, if he well, wins again? Let me say that most of the polls which have come, including the ones I have seen on your channel, he has a very high popularity rating in the country. Now, and that certainly helps us in Gujarat a lot. We use him a lot outside Gujarat also in certain states, depending on his time limitations and other places. What happens to him in future, after the Gujarat elections, I think at the appropriate time, the appropriate decisions are taken. If he wins this election, should he move to a more to a bigger role in the national stage? Doesn't have to be prime ministerial candidate, but do you think it's time for Mr. Modi to actually move out well, of Gujarat? He is he is an extremely important leader of the BJP in any case. He is one of our prime campaigners. Therefore, what role he is given or what role he has, these are matters which are always discussed within the party. Mr. Jaitmalani says make him prime ministerial candidate. No, that's all right. Mr. Jaitmalani is always known to be very forthright in his views. We all love him for that, but uh, these are decisions the party takes in a more restrained manner. And of course, people mention you also as a possible prime ministerial candidate. Mr. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. These are all speculations in the media. But these are, I can tell you, on this issue, the BJP will decide at the appropriate time. We are a structured political party. Mr. Jaitley, thank you very much, sir, for joining me tonight for a fascinating interview as always. Thank you. Thank you.